we've discussed a number of times that we look at the Parsha of the week to get messages that pertain, that relate and tell us about, this, about the unique time that we're in presently. And the same is true with this week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayelech, which uh, must contain messages in relation to the days where we're standing, most notably the days just before Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year. So in order to understand this, there's actually something very interesting and fascinating about this week's Parsha. And that is, we typically talk about the 53 Parshas of the Torah. Um, the word 53 in Hebrew is the letters Nun Gimel, which spells the word Gan, which is a garden. And we talk about the garden of the Torah that contains the 53 Parshas, the 53 Torah portions. Now the problem with that is that if someone actually counts, we'll find that there's 54 Parshas. And yet, in so many Svarim, it talks about the 53 Parshas of the Torah. How are we meant to understand that? So it's written in Svarim that there's really two Parshas of the Torah that are essentially one. And it's just that, and typically they're read together, and sometimes they're divided as two. And that is the part, last week's Parsha and this Parsha. Nitzavim and Vayelach. So here we have the idea that Nitzavim and Vayelach are unique, different than all the Parshas of the Torah, that these two Parshas are essentially one. And it's just that in some years, because of the setup of the calendar, which I'm not going to get into, in some years we read them in two separate Shabbosics, in two separate weeks. But this is how we have ultimately really only 53 Parshas, because Nitzavim and Vayelach are counted as one. So if these past two parshas are counted as one, that means that there must be one basic common denominator in the idea of these parshas. And yet, sometimes they're expressed in two steps. They're expressed in the step of Nitzavim and the step of Vayelach. Now, which is fascinating, because Nitzavim and Vayelach always are read in proximity to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, where we have the same concept. On the one hand, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur have a very powerful common denominator. They're called the Yomim Neiraim, the days of awe, the holiest days of the year, the days that most, uh, more Jewish people than ever are inspired and come to Shul and Daven. So we're talking about the holiest days of the year, the days of awe, that's a common denominator. And yet, they're expressed in the form of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So here we... Here is, we see already where things are coming together. We have the Torah portion of Nitzavim and Vayelach, which is really one idea, one Parsha, and yet split up into two, sometimes split up into two, one read before Rosh Hashanah, one before Yom Kippur. And that relates with the time of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which have that common denominator of the days of all, that also, though, are split up into two and expressed differently. So what's the idea? What is the common denominator of these parshios? What's the difference between them, the difference of expression? And how does that relate to the common denominator and difference between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? <clears throat> so to share an idea, if we think about the one word that's the common denominator between Nisavim and Vayelach, that word would be unity, Achdus. And why is that? We discussed last week that Nitzavim opens up with a statement from Moshe Rabbeinu. He says, Atem Nitzavim hayoyim kulchem lefnei Hashem alekeichem. You, the Jewish people, are standing all together as one before Hashem. And he goes on to talk about all the different types of Jews. He says, the elders and the heads 
and the uh, children and men, women, children, um, even the water carriers and the woodshoppers, everyone is standing together before Hashem. An ultimate statement of unity. That's how the Parsha starts. Vayelech, this week's Parsha, begins Vayelech Moshe Vayidabras Advarim Ayela El Kol Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu goes and talks these words to all of the Jewish people together. So both Parshas open up with this concept of everyone together, all the Jewish people together, total Jewish unity. In fact, in Vayelech, when you go a little further, we have the mitzvah of Hakel, the mitzvah of gathering all the Jewish people and the king talking to them, words of Torah. Again, unity. So Nisavim and Vayelech are about unity. Now, unity is extremely connected to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur because on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is the days that we focus on our essential connection with Hashem, the essence of our neshama, the essence of our soul as it connects to Hashem. And as we know, that that's really where unity comes from. When we think about external expression, that's where there's so many differences between people. And so many people express their connection to Hashem differently. And some people are, you know, bigger, greater tzaddikim and act the whole day only in holy ways and other people less and other people much less. So when the more external we look, the more we think about the expressions and behaviors of people, the more differences there are. The more we're able to focus on the essence and recognize that essential neshama and connection that we have with Hashem, there we have unity. So that's the basic idea here, that these two parshas are about unity, about the oneness of Klal Yisrael of the Jewish people. And they're always read in proximity to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which are those days that we focus on the essence of our neshama, of our soul. And that enables us to really experience that unity, that oneness. That's the, base, that's the general idea, the, the, uh, the um, common denominator <coughs> excuse me, between the two parshas and the days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And yet, there's two parshas. And in other words, two expressions of this unity. And there's Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, both expressing this idea in different ways. So what's the two forms of unity that are being talked about here? And look back at those words that we read before from the Parsha and notice a difference, sound, sounds like a nuance, but really a very powerful difference. In Nitzavim, Moshe Rabbeinu says, you are all standing together before Hashem. Atem Nitzavim, Lefnei Hashem Elokeichem, you're all standing together before Hashem. In Vayelech it says, the Moshe Rabbeinu goes out. Vayelech Moshe El Kol Yisrael, he goes to all of the Jewish people. Both of them are unity, and yet, who's coming to who? In Nitzavim, he says, all of you are standing before Hashem, so to speak. All of your differences are coming, all of you as different people are coming to stand as one before Hashem. In Vayelech, it says, Moshe is going out to all the people. He's going to them. And what is the difference when talking about unity? And here we have the concept that the Rebbe explains to us. He says, if we are one based on the essence of our soul. And we're different as far as the external expressions go. So there's really two ways to come to unity. One is when we sort of ignore all of the differences. We sort of ascend from all of our differences, from our external expressions, and we focus only on the essence of our soul. And on an essential level, we're one. So for example, we have a bunch of people and they're so different, we say, don't look at their differences. That's not who they are. Let's talk about the essence. The essence is one. We'll focus on the essence and we'll be unified because of that. That's one form of unity, which is great. But in a sense, we're ignoring our external expressions, which is the way we act and behave. We're just focusing on our essence. 
A greater, higher form is when we recognize how that essential holiness and goodness and oneness that's in the essence is something that really pervades the entire experience, the entire person. We don't say, you know, ignore that person's externals, let's focus on the essence. When we're able to, so to speak, reveal that essence and look at the person as a whole, the way the person acts, and say, you know, really it's all an expression of that essential goodness of the person. Yes, sometimes their behavior is not perfect, but in general, it's the essence of this person that I'm able to see revealed in this person, even in his external experience and his external behaviors. So that we didn't ignore the external to get to the essence. To the contrary, the, we draw out the essence and find that in every aspect of the person. And that's the difference between these two unities that are being described in the Torah in Nitzavim and Vayelach. In Nitzavim, Moshe says, you're all standing before Hashem together. Sort of saying, let's rise up from who we are, let's go away from our differences and come to that place of oneness before Hashem. We're going to ignore the differences as you stand before Hashem above and beyond all that. In Vayelach it says, Moshe goes to the Jewish people, or the king reads the Torah to the Jewish people, bringing that essential holiness and oneness to them where they are, within their differences as well. And this really is a key to understanding the difference between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Again, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are both about focusing on our essential connection to Hashem. Yet Rosh Hashanah is the focusing on the essential connection more in the Nitzavim way. We sort of raise ourselves upward and just connect to Hashem, but we don't necessarily bring that back down to our regular, physical, mundane selves. So we're focusing in on our essence, we're connecting to Hashem, we're accepting Hashem's kingdom on Rosh Hashanah, but it's something that remains separate from our more external way of being. In fact, on Rosh Hashanah, we don't talk about sins, we don't talk about shuva, because we're above and beyond all that. We're just connecting to Hashem Himself. Yom Kippur, though, that essential connection, we bring it back home. And Yom Kippur, even physically, even materially, we don't eat and we don't drink and we act like angels and we, we dress like angels on Yom Kippur wearing white and so on, because that essential holiness floods our existence in entirety, the entirety of our existence on Yom Kippur. And that's why it's the holiest day of the year, because that holiness is brought back to who we are. On Yom Kippur, we do talk about our sinful behaviors, and we ask Hashem for forgiveness, and we do tshuva, and Hashem cleanses us, because we're bringing that holiness and that oneness into every aspect of who we are. And this then is the common denominator and difference between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, just as Nisavim and Vayelech. It's all about focusing on the essence of our neshama. It's all about finding that part of us that's always holy and always connected. But whereas in Rosh Hashanah, we sort of elevate ourselves towards that and don't bring it back. On Yom Kippur, after 10 days of tshuva, we bring that essential connection back to ourselves. We let that flood our entire existence. To the extent we're on Yom Kippur, we reach that highest level of fully connecting ourselves as human beings to Hashem in the greatest way possible throughout the entire year. And that's the message of the Parshas, how that relates also to the unity. It's not, Yom Kippur is not about a unity of ignoring the 
external parts of people, but rather seeing how the essence, the holiness and the goodness of a person is really what pervades his entire being. Hashem should help, we should be able to experience Yom Kippur to its fullest, that greatest and holiest day, that day of connecting to Hashem in the deepest way and letting that flood our entire personality, our entire being, so that we become, uh, we feel that oneness with Hashem and that holiness associated with that, and to be able to use that and connecting to Hashem in the greatest way possible and meriting the bracha to be uh, written and sealed for a year of goodness and revealed bracha for everyone personally and for all of us collectively with the great Geula. Have a wonderful Shabbos.